Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome back to another episode of the USC Basketball Podcast on the Believe Network. My name is Chris Penrose. Thanks for joining me. Uh, little little trouble in Troy overall right now. I was at the uh, football game yesterday between USC and UCLA. Just an absolute brutal game. Uh, 34-27 loss to that other school over there in Westwood. Uh, we'll see kind of what happens with the football team. But I think... Everyone's going to be really excited for basketball season coming up. I'm kind of hoping that means we'll be getting more people in the Galen Center. Uh, since attendance at the uh, football games weren't great towards the end of the year, and the SC attendance in the Rose Bowl, which is usually pretty good for that USC-UCLA game, uh, was not great. Uh, well, the whole crowd wasn't really there. I mean, it was it was a pretty somber atmosphere, I would say, for a football game between such a heated rivalry. But on this show, we are going to talk about the big victory against Stetson Hatters from Florida, came to the Galen Center a couple nights ago. And then we're going to do an in-depth look at Texas Tech, uh, which is going to be SC's next big game and the next big test. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. But let's talk about Stetson. SC played its best overall game against Stetson, but it was also against Stetson. But I think this was a very good tune-up for this upcoming Texas Tech game. Saw Andy Enfield use a bunch of different defenses. He went from man to matchup zone to a 2-3 zone. Offensively, he ran some new plays. He got a bunch of guys back. I'm really excited to talk about some of the new guys they got back. Um, And in the previous two games, Enfield was only going seven, maybe eight guys deep. This game, he played nine players consistently, and then and then Devin Fleming, the walk-on, got in at the end of the game. But it was great to see Coach Enfield go to his bench. It was great to see him using his depth. And, I mean, honestly, the guys, the guys looked fresh. Guys were coming in. They were high-fiving each other when they were going out. There wasn't a whole lot of pouting when, when uh, they were getting replaced in the game. And that was very positive to see. I, I think it's stuff like that where you have to look at and, and that's where a team starts to come together a little bit. Players start not reacting to coming out of the game. They understand that coach is doing it for the betterment of the team. And they know they're going to get right back in. So to see guys be shuffled in and out, uh, I think that was good to get some of these guys who haven't played yet this year some minutes in a meaningful game. And they came out with a 95-59 to 59 win. And they were up by 40 points most of the second half. So a lot of really good things to talk about. First and foremost, Nick Rakosevich is playing off the charts right now. Another double-double with 12 rebounds and 16 points. This is the third straight double-double. He's been playing fantastic. It's going to be interesting to see what he can do against Texas Tech when they're going to throw some big guys at him over and over again. But we kind of saw that with Vanderbilt. He was playing against some pretty big guys, and he got another double-double. He got 17 rebounds against Vandy. So I hope he continues to play well. His back-to-the-basket game continues to get better and better. He's got some great low-post moves. He went 6-12 from the field, um, 4-5 from the free-throw line. He's hitting his free-throws, which is a huge plus when your big guy can make free-throws because he's the one that's going to be attracting the most fouls. 
He stayed out of foul trouble again for the third straight game, only two personal fouls. So I'm really liking what I'm seeing from him so far. Uh, Two new guys that came into the fold, Benny Boatwright made his debut this year. Uh, Thought he played pretty well. You could definitely tell the first two or three minutes he was in the game, he was really easing back into the fold. I think he was trying to kind of mentally get back into a real game setting where it's not just practice. There are people in the stands. Uh, He's playing against guys he's not familiar with. He actually had a pretty decent game. Went 5-7 from the field. Four of those five uh, field goals were three-pointers. Made both of his free throws. He was uh, the high scorer along with Nick Rokosevich with 16 points. Grabbed four rebounds. He only played 18 minutes. I think that was good for Coach Enfield to kind of keep his minutes low. I'm sure Benny's going to be in the 25 to almost 30-minute range against Texas Tech. So I was very pleased with what I saw from Benny for his uh, for his first game of the season. And then Elijah Weaver. I, I know I've said this probably four or five times on this podcast, but I'm a big Elijah Weaver guy. I think he's going to be fantastic. Um, And I think he's really going to push Derek Thornton for that starting point guard spot uh, before the Pac-12 season kicks off. I just feel like the game changes a little bit when Weaver's either at the point guard or or at the two. I feel like the ball moves up the floor faster. The ball doesn't hit the ground as much. There's not as much dribbling. There's the offense is much more fluid when Weaver's in the game. I think, I think he's going to be a rock for this team uh, as the as they go into conference season and going into to hopefully the NCAA tournament. He got 23 minutes, went to four or six from the field, hit a three-pointer, um, got a couple rebounds, made a couple assists. He had nine points. But I think, I think we're going to... I think we're really going to see Elijah Weaver take over that point guard spot, and I think Derek's minutes are going to go down. Um, if you see Elijah Weaver guarding the ball... I mean, he's a big dude. If you're the opposing, if you're the opposing point guard, and you're coming down the floor and you see a six-five, two hundred ten-pound point guard guarding you, that's going to change the way you you run your offense. And if he could, if Elijah Weaver could continue to put pressure on the ball at half court with his length and his ability to turn the the offensive point guard, that's going to take other teams completely out of the flow of their offense. So I think he's going to continue to get minutes as he disrupts the other team on defense. And I know we saw Jerron Brooks play a little bit, a little bit against Vanderbilt, but he came in, he got ten minutes, and I think he's going to be a good four-year guy for USC. He's still pretty raw. He's going to develop, but to see where he was against Vanderbilt and where he was against Stetson again, I understand it. Vanderbilt and Stetson, two completely different teams. I, I liked what I see, and I, I like the development that you could see with him not only just being a little bit more comfortable on the court, but being in the flow of the game. Uh, he went 3-3 three three from the field and had some really nice moves in the post. He made both of his free throws. I don't think... I think these games will be important for him because he'll be able to get 10 to 15 minutes in these games. I think that once... The Pac-12 conference starts. We probably won't see a whole lot of Jerron, but but I'm I like what I'm seeing when he's getting minutes in these types of games. It might be interesting. I mean, if if Nick gets in foul trouble and Benny Boatwright gets in foul trouble, 
he's really the only other big they have other than Victor. And I think Victor is also very raw. And between those two guys, I mean, I don't I don't know who I play, to be honest, from what I've seen. I think I play Jerron before I play Victor. Not only because of his offense, but I think defensively he moves a little bit better. Um, he doesn't have the length and the blocking capability that Victor has. But but I think Jerron understands the defensive uh, assignments a little bit better than Victor. Um, and as he practices and as he learns, he'll continue to, to get smarter on defense as well. And then other than that, you had some really good production from kind of the main guys, Kevin Porter, Shaq, Aaron, Jonah Matthews. Kevin Porter continues to just kind of make you smile when you see some of his offensive moves. He had a pretty incredible dunk as he took it to the rack, had some nice step back threes, had a couple really nice lobs, and uh, he had one pass to Shaq where he threw it up, and Shaq caught it, cocked it back, and then dunked it on the fast break. That was pretty incredible. And I have to give Shaq a lot of credit. I thought it was a bad pass, and I didn't think Shaq was going to be able to hold on to it, but he one-handed it and threw it down. That was pretty fun to watch. Jonah Matthews still struggling from the three-point line. Makes me a little nervous going into this game in Kansas City against Texas Tech. Uh, One of five from the three-point line again for Jonah. Just every shot he shoots looks good, but for some reason it's just not going down. So hopefully he can get back on track in Kansas City. But SC's really going to need his scoring power in order for for this engine to move. Um, Jonah Matthews is going to have to be the guy that's going to be contributing, you know, 12 to 16 points minimum per game. So hopefully he gets back on track. Derek uh, played okay, had a couple nice layups, uh, ended up with seven points, three assists, still turning the ball over too much. He had three turnovers, made some bad passes and just his decision making isn't where it needs to be for uh for a junior a redshirt junior point guard hopefully he continues to get better but if he doesn't kind of turn it around um, and take care of the ball a little better elijah weaver is going to come in and he's going to be the starting point guard before he knows it jordan usher i thought played a pretty good game uh, he's you know continuing to be an offensive force uh he got six points five rebounds he again um kind of like Derek thornton just makes some bonehead plays every now and then he had four turnovers he tries to force his shot a little bit. Uh, he's the definition of a heat check, where if he makes one or two shots, uh, you know, when he gets the ball and takes it down, he has to realize that you know maybe an NBA three uh, with no numbers is not a good shot to take on a fast break and to pull it out and to work the offense. He is a sophomore. He is still learning. Uh, Coach Enfield says that you know he's he's the player that has the most to learn mentally so far, especially on defense. He just was never really taught defensive principles, and he was just always told by his coaches growing up to just go score. So he has to, Coach Enfield has to teach a little bit more, I feel like, with Jordan Usher. But I really like him. He's very athletic. He plays hard. And if you make your mistakes going hard, you know, most coaches, they don't like mistakes, but they like the effort. And I've, I've always really liked Jordan's effort. I think he's just going to continue to get better. Um, he's going to have to be big off the bench. I think I think now that Benny's back, I think Jordan Usher is going to be coming off the bench. Uh, Kevin Porter is obviously going to be a starter from here on out. I think Coach Enfield was kind of waiting to make that move. 
Um, the starting lineup was interesting this game. Uh, obviously, Nick at the five, there's no surprise there. Kevin Porter started instead of Jerome Brooks. Uh, Shaq, Jonah, and Derek were the starters. Benny was the first one off the bench. And I think, I think we'll probably see Benny start instead of Shaq, most likely. Um, this this upcoming game against Texas Tech. So I wouldn't be surprised that starting lineup is going to be Derek, Jonah, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., Benny Boatwright, and Nick Rakosevic going into tomorrow's game against Texas Tech. So now let's talk about Texas Tech. They're going to come into this game 4-0. Uh, not the most impressive of, uh, of, of opponents so far. They opened the season against UTEP. They won 85-61 to uh, in Lubbock. Uh, and then they played another home game uh, a couple of days later against Incarnate Ward. They won 87 to 37. That's right, they won by 50. And then uh, a couple Hall of Fame Classic regional round games. Uh, they played against Mississippi Valley State. Uh, they won 84 to 52. And then Southeastern Louisiana, they won 59 to 40. So a lot of blowouts so far for Texas Tech. It's going to be hard to figure out what kind of team they are. What we do know, what we have seen, is they like to get up and down the floor, and they're going to play defense. Their head coach, Chris Beard, is really known as a defensive coach. And if you don't remember anything about Texas Tech last year, they ended up number six overall uh, when everything was said and done. They had a fantastic year. Chris Beard was the co-coach uh, of the year for the Big 12 last year. Uh and these guys, his guys play hard. They play very hard. Uh, but SC is going to be their first real test. Sophomore uh, Jarrett Culver is their leading scorer through three games. He's averaging 16 points and about three and a half assists. Uh, Davide Moretti out of Italy is their second leading scorer. 11 points, uh, three assists a game. And their point guard, Matt Mooney, uh, is their third leading scorer. Nine points, uh, and five assists per game. These guys are very guard heavy. They really rely on their guards. Uh, their big guys are 6'8 and 6'10, but they're not very skilled. I think our big guys are going to be a lot better, uh, and I think they should handle them on the glass. But their guards do make me a little nervous. Uh, they like to run and gun, they pass the ball very well. I think as Jarrett Culver goes, so does this team. If he has a big night, we're going to be in trouble. Uh, Jonah Matthews, I would assume, is going to be on Jarrett Culver. Hopefully lock him down as much as he can. Um, and Matt Mooney, he's a great little point guard, really moves the ball well, uh, sees the court, has great court vision, uh, and he's going to push the ball when he has a chance to. So I don't think Texas Tech is very deep. If we can get their bigs in foul trouble early, I think that's only going to help us. Uh, I think we our bigs are superior to their bigs. I would hope that you know SC really tries to hammer the ball into Nick, into Benny on the post when they're in the half-court set. Um, and then defensively, get stops and get out and go. Uh, when you have you know Kevin Porter Jr., you have Jordan Usher, you have Shaq Aaron on the wings, push the ball and you'll be able to get easy buckets. The harder they play on defense, the more turnovers they can force and create, the easier it's going to be to get the ball, push it up, and then get easy buckets. And as they push the ball and they get dunks, they get the razzle-dazzle plays, that's only going to pump them up more and get them more excited for defense. 
And that's what this team really needs to focus on. I'm sure Coach Enfield's going to switch back and forth from the matchup zone uh, to man-to-man. Against this team, depending on how how their guards are shooting, I wouldn't be surprised if Enfield starts out in the zone. Uh, try to make them shoot threes to start the game. And if that doesn't work, uh, then I think we match up really well with these guys. Uh, they focus a lot on their guards. We have a lot of guards. I think our bigs are better. I think we'll have a very good shot to win this game. And, you know, in my opinion, this is this is a game we should win. It's a very winnable game. And this Texas Tech team is going to have a lot of hype from last year, but they lost some of their best guys. I think this is going to be very similar to the Vanderbilt game, but now it's a Vanderbilt game when USC has depth. And I think that's going to give us an edge against the Raiders. I'm predicting an SC win. Score being 82 to 75 in favor of the Trojans. So that's it for me. Thanks again for joining me on this episode of USC Hoops on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, uh, any questions, feel free to reach out. Uh, I'm at cpenrose10 on Twitter. And then on Instagram, uh, you can DM me cpenrose10. Uh, If you like the show, please subscribe. We're available on iTunes. Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. Rate the show, let us know what you think, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.